Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and spirit medium, psychic medium Stephanie Burke. I was, was thinking spirits because I'm thinking that we are in the ha- Halloween season. We are. It's the it's spirited official. time. Uh, and also, um, the word spirited showed up on the TV behind you. So Of course it did. It was kind of, uh, it was kind of a, what do you call it, like a synchronicity? Yeah. Would you call it that? Yeah. Sure. So, and I just happened to look. We should really turn off the TV while we're doing the show. <laughs> right. But the problem is, is if you turn off the television here on WBSM, the hosts get all freaked out on Monday morning when they can't turn it back on. Oh. So if I'm not here by the time Phil comes in at six o'clock on Monday, then it's a problem. You know, Matt, Matt, yeah. I'm going to have to add that to your list of duties. If we turn ever turn TV that TV off, on. just make sure it's on Fox News by the time we start. It has to be on Fox News. They can't watch anything else. Very interesting. I put on CNN one time by mistake. Oh, my God. You would have thought that I had... Uh, All hell was breaking. Like you would have thought that I made them drink my liberal tears. <laughs> uh, but uh, we are here to talk about the paranormal, not about Fox News. Uh, no. But it's just it's just very distracting when that show is on because like it's, 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 it's a talk show about politics, but they have a pro wrestler who is the co-host and... Like I'll, I'm, I just you look at him. Just turn it so you can't see it. I just right? look at him, and all I can think of is like, that's the guy that used to come out and, and dance, like in the ring. I don't, I don't remember. Anyway, now you already stopped watching wrestling by Probably. by the time this guy came out. It was their attempt at having a a, uh, a a new Rikishi for the ages. Oh, that that's not okay. Right, you can't do that. So uh, we are here to talk about the paranormal again, as we do each and every Saturday night, and we are. Here, broadcasting live on WBSM. It's been a few weeks since I think we've been on the radio at all because of the Red Sox. But right. we are always here on YouTube if there's no show on the radio. So if you listen to us on WBSM and you tune in and say, hey, where's where's Spooky South Coast? The game's still on. I, I, I thought the game would be over and Spooky South Coast would be on. If you're ever not sure, all you have to do is go to YouTube, which you can get to a variety of ways. It's not just having to log on to a computer and... I can't believe I just said that. What am I? What is going on to a computer? You don't log on to a computer. Well, you can. I know people do, but like, really, who logs on to a computer? It's uh, it's one of those things where it became part of the vernacular, and we just kind of never got rid of it. You know um, what I mean, Matt? Well, whenever I um, log into my AOL account, before I. Check uh, how many hours I have left. I was going to say, can you, can you log into your AOL account if you're using Netscape? Is that possible? <laughs> I think so. I shouldn't joke about Netscape. Moni still uses Netscape. It's very true. But, uh, yeah, you don't have to log on to your computer. You can just turn on your computer or... That's, that's what you has, had to do, right? Like, to go on the internet, you had to log on? Yes, yeah. there was right. always a way that you had to log on. So yeah, that's why It wasn't like you just open the browser and it just worked. Those horrible, right. horrible noises that AOL used to... The modem sound? Yeah. Horrible. The, Screeching. See, I used to hate the modem sound only because it would give away the fact that I was going online when I wasn't supposed to. I'd be like, shh, stop, shh, right. quiet down, quiet Come on, every kid knew that you had to turn down the volume before you started. But, but you don't you don't think about it. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, I like, did. You're just like, <laughs> it's, it's not that I wasn't supposed to go. I mean, but I, I Until never... Until they came out with those pesky parental controls where you, like, you just can't log in after a certain time see, on I didn't have to I didn't have to deal with that because there was no internet access until i was like a senior in high school right i didn't touch the internet until i was a senior and even then it was only like a couple of times because you're old and then 
when I got to college, that's when I was like, oh, the internet is awesome because there was a computer lab at school that I could use every day. And so when I tried to use it at home, you know, my mom would yell, you're not tying up the phone line with that stupid computer, Mm -hmm. are you? Because, you know, my dad worked overnights and he would call and check in every night. So I couldn't really stay on all night, but I still did. Yeah. I still stayed on all night long. So that's, uh, that's why I think the term log on came about. Like Matt said, you would have to actually sign into something to yep. get that internet access. But you don't have to do that to listen to the show. Most of us just walk over to our computer, shake the mouse, and it turns on. Uh, some of us may have to, you know, sign in to our, our, uh, or just use our the specific app on your account. Phones but, now. Right. But there's Super other ways, easy. even beyond even the computer and the phone mm-hmm. uh, or a tablet or any of those devices. If you have a smart TV, you can put the YouTube app right on your television and you can watch us on the TV. And a lot of our listeners and, and viewers do that. They will send us messages or mess- uh, talk to us in the chat room on YouTube and they will say, watching you on the big screen, which is awesome. I mean, I don't know why you want to look at us on, on a 60-inch TV, but... It's cool that you can do that. And then uh, another way to do that as well, if you don't have a smart TV, but you have like a fire stick or some people have, uh, what's it, Chromecast, mm-hmm. you know, all those Roku, all those different options, they have the YouTube app for those. So you can just watch us on YouTube via that. Just search Spooky South Coast on YouTube. You'll find the live show every week as we go live. But also another way to do it is, and people don't realize this, if you have a, a Comcast cable box, an Xfinity cable box, one of the you know the, the higher ones, not the little tiny small box like we have here in the studio that's basically mm-hmm. just an orange light that lets you know that the cable's on. If you have one of the boxes that has like the clock and has DVR access and HD and all that stuff, then you have the option of going into your menu. And one of those menu options is, uh, I believe it's, I don't know, if, I think it's called web. I think if you go into that option or... or or internet, or so there's some sort of option, and uh, that gives you stuff that's on the web, and you can actually open up the YouTube app through your cable box, and then just type in Spooky South Coast with the pad there, you know, by using your arrows, and you'll find the show when it's live. So a lot of people are out there that have those cable boxes that have no idea that they can just watch YouTube on their television. They're still watching it on their phone or having to go to the computer I to watch just it. Built into my TV. It's it's that's the easiest way yep. to do it. That's if you have a smart TV too. Uh, some of them will even if you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Some of them will even send you a message that we're live mm-hmm. even while you're watching something else on TV. So uh, that's that's a great way to do this. If you are someone who wants to catch the show when it's live, or or maybe you keep meaning to and you're listening to us on podcast but you forget, if you go to YouTube and you sign up, you subscribe to the show then you will get alerts every time that we go live. So that's the that's the best way to keep up to date with when we're doing a live show and when we're going to be out of the studio. You know, a couple of weeks from now, we'll be out of the studio, so there won't be a live show. Then in October, there's all kinds of things going on. So if you're not really sure if we're going to be on or not, the easiest way to find out is by subscribing because you will get an alert every time that we go live. So couldn't be any easier. No. Nope. Plus, we always tweet out about it at SpookySC. And uh, we always try to make sure that you know, as soon as we know, when we're not going to be around. Because, as I said, you know, it's it's the Halloween season. We have things that we go out and do. We have places that we want to go, people that we want to see. And so the show kind of has a little bit of, we try to keep it going. We don't take a hiatus, mm-hmm. but we, we do kind of miss a few weeks here and there. I mean, I am here all the time, so... 
you never know when we can actually get something recorded and just throw it up there as a podcast. But in order to see the show live on Saturday nights in the chat room, that that won't necessarily always be the case. But follow us on Facebook because you know we can go Facebook live from some of these places that we'll be at. I think we're, when we're at the Plymouth Paracon, we should do some Facebook live stuff. Well, you definitely can. Like just throughout the course of the right the convention. So if you follow us on Facebook, you'll be able to to find out when we go live, and then you can see. You know, for, I know a lot of folks can't make it to Plymouth, mm-hmm. but we can kind of give you at least some of the history and some of the places that we'll be checking out through that. It'll be fun. I'm I'm pretty sure that we get good signal. I mean, I I get good signal around Plymouth. But it's just, I've never tried inside the actual venue, but I'm sure that right. we can figure something out. They'll have Wi-Fi yeah. and stuff. But it's just some of these spots might be a little, you know, because we're going into some older places that mm-hmm. probably don't have Wi-Fi in them. And so, you know, when we're out on the street, you might be okay. But, like, if we go into the old courthouse, there might be an issue. Uh, but I will definitely post all kinds of pics and stuff because it's it's just really cool history there. So hopefully you can make it out and uh, and experience it for yourself. But if not... We'll try and give you a little taste of it at least. Also, speaking of places that we're going to go, so I got an email from the folks who are putting together the Wicked Waters cruise, Mm -hmm. and they said that uh, there's some some big announcements that will be coming next week Yes. when it comes to exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I've been meaning to message this to you so that Mm -hmm. because they're asking me, like, how much time do you need to speak and and how many, you know, what do you speak? I, I don't know. We haven't talked about that. But I am open to whatever you think is best. Whatever you want to do. I think I should. Totally at, up to you. I think I should at least talk once on the way there and once on the way back. So let's do it. Just so we can keep people interested. Right. But that's uh, you know keep them. Yeah, we can give them something to do as later. we're as we're uh, as we're at sea. Mm-hmm. You know, I know nobody wants to hear me talk once we get to Bermuda. Then they're like, "Shut up! We're we're here to go experience Bermuda, not listen to you." But uh, so we could we will have some announcements forthcoming about. The, some of the entertainment that's planned, some of the things that we'll be doing as part of that cruise. But in that email, it did say that the $25 down... well, the, It's still active. It's still going yep. for at least another week. Right. So you don't want to sleep on this. No. Because uh, if you're not familiar with the Wicked Waters Cruise, just go to wickedwaterscruise.com. It's myself and Stephanie and Porter. We're all going to be cruising through the Bermuda Triangle. To Bermuda, from Boston to Bermuda next May, seven-day cruise. It's going to be amazing. It's on the Norwegian Gem. Yes. Which, Wendy sent me some pictures, but she didn't tell me if it was definitely the Gem or not. But there were water slides. I don't know if there's water slides on the Gem. I don't, I don't know, I don't, but she sent no. me these photos. and Let's look it up. Yeah. I mean, if there's water slides... I will not be taking part. If there's water slides and there's... You know, the unlimited drink package, which I'll be partaking in. <laughs> I don't know if I should go near those water slides. I cannot ride a water slide even when I'm sober. Listen, you have an issue with water slides, right. swans. What else? I well, feel like there's another good that's third pretty, one. That's pretty much my... <laughs> those are my two bugaboos. All so. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but... Uh, it's not often you get to quote stepbrothers on Spooky South right. Coast. But... Um, yeah, so maybe the water slides I should stay away from, but that doesn't mean that you have to if they're there. I don't see any water slides. I thought I saw one on... She might have sent you pictures of 
you know, another ship that they were looking at. They were always on ships. Right. But the, I thought, when I looked up the gem, I thought some of the photos of the, uh, of the pool deck had a water slide. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Because there's still going to be so much stuff going on. That's the least of your worries. But uh, it's certainly worth coming out and taking part in, in this because it's going to be the adventure of a lifetime. And it'll be a good vacation for you. Even if you are not super into paranormal stuff, you just get to hang out with some really cool people for the entire week. So wickedwaterscruise.com to check that out. And, of course, we have some Spooky South Coast events coming up, and Stephanie has some events coming up. You can just go on SpookySouthCoast.com and on Stephanie's website, which is... You can um, go to StephBurke.com, and it'll lead you to my Facebook page, and then you go to events, and it's finally up there, so you can't pick on me. Okay, because I don't want to give the other website address by accident and have people... Don't Is listen. that site still around? I don't think so. You but... can use that computer to look if you want to. Here, go to a potential porn site. Yeah, and on 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 this laptop on the uh, on, on the, the Town Square Wi-Fi, Media yeah, exactly. Wi-Fi. All right, I'm gonna look right now. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. We're gonna just start hearing that. We're gonna start hearing like moans and groans coming from the computer over there. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. It says it's not secure. It's even worse. It wasn't. It wasn't a porn site. It was a erotic fiction. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, it was like transgender By, erotic yeah. fiction. Oh, I thought it was a porn site. It was, one eye. Basically. I mean, you might go to it now. Nothing's no. popping up. Yeah, I might say, like, this domain is available, yeah. and then you better just snap it up. The last time it was available, I looked, and it was like $2,000. Well, that's because the... domain. Yeah, that's because the... the I was going to say the dude is still holding on to it, but I don't know if you refer to him as a dude, but that I, person was still know. holding on to it. But it was clearly a dude using my name, so horrifying. Well, all right. Well, we are going to be talking about the paranormal. I know we're kind of goofing around a little bit. I want to say thank you to everybody that tuned in over the last couple of nights to Midnight in the Desert as I was sitting in for Dave Schrader, who was uh, at at a paranormal conference, paranormal event in in Lake Tahoe. Uh, But uh, I had a great time on Thursday night talking with – it was ladies' night on Thursday night, which is – Weird to say because I was hosting, but we had Elizabeth Saint on for two hours talking about her work with um, both working on behind the scenes on Paranormal Lockdown and being on screen on Ghosts of Shepherdstown, as well as what they're doing with Viddy Space. And Mm -hmm. we talked about uh, her ghostly gadgets and how she got into all of the the stuff that she creates. And uh, I didn't know that she was an electrical engineer. I did. So it was uh, it was a very fascinating discussion. And then in the Last hour of that show, we talked with Patty Negri, who we're going to have to have on Spooky South Coast, because I was very cognizant of the fact that it was midnight in the desert. It's a certain tone to that show. Yep. They're on uh, some affiliates across the country, and there's and it's it's the Art Bell legacy, so there's there's only so far that you can push with that audience. But Patty Negri does a lot of research into spectrophilia. So we could have a whole another uh, another whole show. I hate when people say whole another. That's not a real word. Another whole show on ghost sex, like we had with Gavin Davies. Seriously? Yes, she actually is a uh, proponent of ghost sex. She's all for it. So she actually advises people how to have ghost sex. So I think we're going to have to bring Patty Negri on. She also talked about Haunted Hollywood because she lives out there and does mm-hmm. a lot of – she's a, a psychic uh, and a medium as well. And she does a lot of work with uh, you know people who want to go on 
famous ghost hunts and famous people who want to okay. have readings and things like that. So, but uh, we can definitely talk more ghost sex with her as well. And uh, and then of course on Friday night we had Aaron Casu on, and the Spooky South Coast audience knows Aaron. He's a a local guy. And he's creating that uh, documentary series on the New Bedford Highway murders. So we had him on three hours of talking about the highway murders, and we still didn't cover everything that we could have talked about. He's just an awesome person. I mean, obviously being personal friends with him, I might be biased, but the work that he's putting into that project is just insane. You know, there's not one rock that's that hasn't been turned over a thousand times. Um Obviously, we know more than most people do. But. but what I found most interesting about the way that we laid that show out, because when we had him on here, um, you know, a, a few weeks ago, when we had him on, we also had Maureen Boyle on. So we were kind of going back and forth between Maureen yeah. and Aaron, and and you know, it was it almost felt like it was kind of disjointed to some mm-hmm. degree because we were kind of going all over the place with right. their different research. But with uh, with Aaron last night, it was we just took it as. We introduced to the people what New Bedford was like at the yep. time, what New Bedford is, and what it was like at the time. And we talked about some of the major players involved, like District Attorney Ron Pina. We talked about kind of the mindset of law enforcement in the area at that time, having never experienced anything like this before. And then because it's a three-hour show, we were able to get into who these victims were, right. how they were found, what order they were found. We were able to look at each suspect, kind of break them down, why they were accused, how they were connected. And then we were able to see how we could kind of put all the pieces together as well. So if you are not a subscriber to Midnight in the Desert, if you just go to midnightinthedesert.com or to the Dark Matter Digital Network, you will be able to subscribe to the show just $5 a month. You will have access to all of those archives. But even if you're not sure if you want to subscribe just yet because you you aren't familiar with the show, they are live Monday through Friday at midnight Eastern time with three hours of brand new programming every night. And when you... Tune in and listen to the show. I, I guarantee you, you will want to subscribe and be able to go back and go into the archives, which not only covers Dave Schrader, the current host, and, and myself with the, the couple of fill-in shows that I've done. I think I'm filling in again uh, Thursday and Friday this week. But also, if you go back into the archives, you can get the shows when Heather Wade was the host and, and before her, Art Bell, who uh, actually created the show with Keith Rowland. So you'll be able to get all of that if you subscribe to it for $5 a month. So that's a little little plug for, for the side hustle there. I think I'll uh, I'll subscribe once they give me my call back. But they're still they're still going to have you on. They're still interested. The um it's just weird that they emailed me and then you, never called. You also have to take into account that uh you know, it's exciting to go on and and be on the show but like it's midnight in the desert but it's actually midnight our time. Oh, I know that. So you'll be on from midnight until 3 a.m. So I've done two shows like that already. It's one was tough. in British Columbia, and the other one was somewhere else. I can't remember where. Oh, Hawaii. It's uh, it's not easy staying up till 3 a.m., but then no, once it not. starts, I just get so amped up. Then I can't sleep afterwards. I got really sick before um, my Hawaii show, and it was torture to stay awake that long. But I did it. And then I was delirious when I did the British Columbia one. Well, those those make for the best shows. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. Actually, it turned out great. There's but. there's another show that's interested in booking you. Is there? And I I, I I mentioned this to you. Oh yes, you did. So I don't know if I want to let the cat out of the bag. Bart L. Producer, you're you're in the uh, you're in the chat room there. I don't know if you want me to to mention that potential booking. 
Oh, I got the thumbs up. They want you to be on the Bartcast. Okay. So if you go to lgab.com, mm-hmm. every Saturday they have the Bartcast, which is where they uh, break down, mm-hmm. uh, really get into some of the heavy stuff with uh, some of the folks involved in Paranormal Radio. Uh, I was on an episode. They had uh, Dave's wife, Winnie, was on okay. last week. Uh, and today they had our friend Dave Scott from Spaced Out Radio, which is another great yeah, show if you're show not listening to. Uh, British Columbia. You, you had trouble staying up for Dave Scott's show? I'm going to tell Dave you said that. No, I was having trouble staying up, period, because I'm lame. <laughs> uh, Dave's, Dave is fantastic. <laughs> he did an awesome job with that show. And he did a great job on the broadcast today. So you can check that out if you go to lgab.com, E-L-L-G-A-B.com. And you should be there anyway, because there's a whole thread there about Spooky South Coast where you can talk about the show, and you can see me. I kind of let my hair down in there. Well, what hair do, do I have yeah. left? Uh, after I buzzed my head, but I, I let my hair down in there and <laughs> things get a little wild. And I'm just going to tell you that if you do the Bartcast, okay. just keep some time available for after it. Okay. So they're going to tell you, like, we want you to be on from this time to this time, mm-hmm. but you really want to do the after show. What's the Because that's show? where the fun is. So they run a Discord chat while they're doing the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, everybody that wants to just jumps into that Discord room and with the sound, you know, with the, mm-hmm. the, the sound chat on. And everybody really lets loose. Okay. And uh, some of the topics that came up today were pretty, pretty uh, scandalous. Um, Let's just say we found out one member of LGAB has a serious uh, clown fetish. That's horrifying. <laughs> I hate clowns. And uh, and I actually, I meant to come in here because a couple of people, you know how they have the red nose day? There's a couple of clown noses kicking around. I was just going to wear one just, just for this person. Nope. So. Nope. So the question in the chat room is, is Elgab the same as Belgab? Uh, Belgab is no more. Elgab has, is the phoenix that rose from the ashes of Belgab. When Belgab went down uh, a, a short time ago... Then uh, Bart L. stepped in and created the world of Elgab so that all of the Belgabbers would have a place to go and congregate and be able to praise him. That's mm-hmm. that's what it's all about, really, is about praising Bart. And so then all this conversation uh, was continued on there. So it's a great place if you want to talk about paranormal stuff mm-hmm. and talk about paranormal radio stuff or really just anything uh, with some like-minded people. But, you know, it's Well, if it's they intense. want me on, reach out. We'll it's make in- it happen. They will. Well, you, gotta, you should join Elgab. You'd have I'll a lot to, of fun in there. I'll have to look it up. Then you'll get all the inside jokes, which we try to keep. Uh, I don't know if I can ever keep up with all. We your try to keep jokes. them off the show, but they work their way in with the chat room. Okay. Because of all the people that are in there. Uh, when one of the uh, things that I want to discuss tonight is what are some of the topics? Because you know we're we're coming up. This is the Halloween season, as I said. We're going a million different directions. Mm-hmm. We'll fill. We have people that want to come on the show. We'll get the Bridgewater Triangle show in uh, at some point. I realized, like earlier this week, that this is actually the week that I had pegged for that. Oh, and I didn't think. And you forgot. Yeah, because I forgot <laughs> to like announce it like a month yeah. ago that we were going to do it. So this, but this is the week that I had left open for that because it was you know not too. As it turns out, it's probably better that we it's didn't. It's cold out. Today. Yeah, it's and um, I'm cold. You know, it's, it's not, ex- yeah, it's not exactly the best weather. It was wet today. Yeah. Uh, so, but 
we do have to still work that in, and mm-hmm. we will. Uh, but there's you know a lot of things that we can kind of fill in through the Halloween Halloween season with. But then you know we hit that point in January mm-hmm. when when the holidays are over, where we celebrate our anniversary coming up on 14 years on the air, and then we say like where where are we going to take the show this year? What's going to be the direction right. of this show? So I really want to hear from people about what kind of topics they want to hear us cover on Spooky South Coast in 2019. And then we can start booking some of those guests because, you know, this is the time of year where you do have to start reaching out for people that you want to have on at that time. So there have been some folks that have reached out and I will get back in touch with you and we'll, we'll figure some stuff out. Um, but we'll also take some suggestions from people as well. You can call in and share them with us. You can tell us in the chat room, although we'll probably, you know, forget it if you write it in the chat room. <laughs> uh, you can also send us email, spooky crew at spooky south com, And you can also tweet us at spooky SC. You can message me on Facebook or tweet me directly at Tim Weisberg because we say it all the time, but it really is true. We feel like this show is for you, the listener, that we're just here to press the buttons and make the phone calls and set everything up. But we're here just to, to bring you the topics that you want to learn about. And in some cases, we also want to talk about the things that we're interested in that we think that you will be interested in. But we've never gone into these episodes being like, this is what I want to talk about, and hopefully the rest of you like it too. Like We're always cognizant of the fact that it's the audience that makes the show, and we want to hear and we want to discuss about the things that you are interested in. Right. Now, there are some things that people have suggested that we're just probably never going to do. There's some stuff that we could do. Says the guy that just talked about having a ghost sex show. Well, a ghost sex show can impact a lot of people's lives. There is uh, there's, there's some educational value in a ghost sex show. I just don't know how I feel about this yet. There's also the possibility that, uh, you know, some of these topics that people will suggest will just be a little bit too fringy. Mm, okay. And I, I don't feel like anything is really off the table for us. But, you know, if somebody wanted to talk about the ghosts of Maple Street in Springfield, Illinois, like, unless it's really compelling, that might not be something that would, you know, really appease the larger audience. And then the other thing I, I don't want to get is a whole bunch of requests from people who are paranormal investigators mm-hmm. that want to come on. Because I, I feel like it's time for a little PSA, a little reminder we don't just have people on the show because they are paranormal investigators. Right. In 2006, it was novelty, a novelty enough to find somebody who might have been a local paranormal investigator. Now they're everywhere. Right. And now we are connected with so many of them that it becomes, first of all, it looks at, it's looked at as a game of playing favorites because you had one person on another person. Right. And so there's no way to really appease everybody else and there's more shows when we started doing this show matt in 2006 when we were building the show in 2005 yep we're looking out there and we're looking up paranormal radio shows and there wasn't a lot out there no there wasn't there was probably a maybe like five or six something like right more um like doing just like a quick google search you know obviously coast to coast am was the one that yeah. most people knew although that um, was already in the process of becoming less paranormal the ones that stick out in my head are um i don't even know if they're around anymore um uh todd sheets is uh night watch yep uh ghostly talk yep ghostly talk um i don't know if paulino had a had a show at that point or not 
I'm not sure if he did. Um, you know, Darkness on the Edge of Town Radio, oh, that yeah. started just a couple of weeks before we did. Uh, then there was um, Ron Kolick had a show, but he wasn't really online with it. Like, you could hear it on the radio, but I don't know if they were, like, podcasting his show at all back then. So there was, you know, there's there wasn't really a lot of stuff right. to get. And nobody was really podcasting. Mm-mm. Like, so... Podcasts weren't really a thing then. Th- I mean, these paranormal shows were, but right. overall, it wasn't like you went to uh, a bunch of different places and, and got a bunch of podcasts. Mm-hmm. And even now, like, when... I say the phrase, you know, you can find this wherever podcasts are found. Most people get them from four or five major sources. Mm-hmm. But when we started the show, there was like 300 different podcasting sites. Yep. And everybody was fighting to get on them. And we were lucky enough where we we have a service that we use that podcasts our show. And that service actually put out the feed to all of those sites. So we didn't have to go into 300 different sites and, and drop links to it. Um as some people might have had to do. So there's, you know, the history of there not being a lot of shows. So, yeah, when there's only five or six shows out there talking paranormal topics, then you could justify having some of these paranormal investigators on. But now now there's millions of people listening to paranormal radio every week through all the different outlets. There's all different sizes of shows. And there's different services and ways for people to create their own shows. So there's not really a need to have paranormal investigators on to talk about what it is they do because there's other outlets for them to do that. And no offense, but it gets boring when everybody's coming in here and just telling you the same stories. I know that it's profound to you. I know that it's something that is interesting to you because... It's the first time that you might have had it happen to you, but I can tell you that the audience that tunes into these shows, they have heard what you're saying before. Somebody else has come on to the show and told them about how they went into an old abandoned asylum and they recorded a voice that said, get out. So it's not to belittle your experience, but it's just, it's not compelling enough for a savvy audience anymore. I think I think part of it is it's not exactly relatable, like a, like a random um, like kind of haunted house, like even a, like a like a private investigation or something. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about it on a podcast, the listener doesn't know what that is. They can't visualize it. They they've never been there, so they don't know. They they have to use their imagination, and it could be anything. And. There, but there is an there is a way to present that in a way where it's interesting to listeners. But the talk show format isn't necessarily that. You know, you right. could you could still. I mean, anybody that listens to John Tenney's Realm of the Weird podcast, he's just basically telling you weird stories from his files of things that have happened to him. But first of all, weird stuff happens to Tenney that doesn't happen to anybody else. But also, the way that he tells the story is compelling to listen to. But it's not being interviewed on a talk show. It's sharing these stories and, and, and adding in music and, and, and giving it more of a creep factor and keeping it brief. You know, it's a 15-minute episode. So that's there is that. There is a way to make all that work. I just think mm-hmm. that we're at the point now where if this was, if we were Coast to Coast AM or just any overnight talk show and we only talked about paranormal topics once in a while, 
and the audience was coming in and out of our show, and it wasn't a dedicated following of people who listen to the show every week and download the show every week and visit the chat room every week while the show is live. And, you know, if we were just kind of something that was on the air, then you could have these paranormal investigators come on and share these stories. But our audience is smarter than that. They've been with us on this ride for all these years, and they've stuck with us. And so for them, it would become monotonous to hear these same stories. So we're cognizant of that. We try to keep that in mind when we're booking people. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't have a paranormal investigator as a guest if there is a compelling reason to talk to them or a compelling topic that they fit into. So if there's a particular case that is fascinating and it goes beyond just the -the run-of-the-mill investigation activity, or if there's a topic where they might have an area of expertise or an area of experience, then yeah, we'll bring paranormal investigators on. But it's just, we've gone past the point of having, you know, hometown paranormal group on this week. And so tell us about some of the investigations that you've been on. Like we just, I've literally had people come up to me in all different states mad at me, like legitimately mad at me that you know, why doesn't Tim and, uh, you know, allow this or why don't you guys have us on? It's not that type of radio show. We don't have just everyday paranormal investigators on. But the thing that I tell them all the time is we don't endorse anyone. And that's for safety reasons, too, because we don't know you. We don't know right. how many times has it come out in the past decade that people that are paranormal investigating might not have the cleanest background or just really terrible people. I don't want to send that person into somebody's home or I don't want somebody that needs help desperately to listen to our radio show and then call that person and then find out that something goes wrong and blame us for well, it. Well, I also, too, I never want anybody in the audience to think that just having somebody on the show is an endorsement of that person because everybody Correct. has their own um, everybody has their own story to tell. Mm-hmm. And this show is about allowing them to tell those stories. It doesn't mean that we believe that everything that what they're saying is is true and it doesn't mean that um we endorse everything that it is they do we're we're presenting them to you the audience so that you can make up your own mind so it's entirely possible that we could have somebody on that comes on to share our story and then gets exposed as a fraud correct i don't feel like that devalues them being on our program if it turns out later on that they're a fraud no i'm talking about the the darker side of well i mean i'm just using things. But I'm just using this as an example because right. we've had that happen. Uh, you know, we've had people who have said, for example, you know, there was that whole thing with the Bigfoot in the freezer. Mm-hmm. And so we had the people on talking about that. That turns out to be a hoax. Well, you know, it's not our job to, uh, you know, we're not there to tear them down. We're there to let them tell their story. We can question them. Mm-hmm. But really, ultimately, it's up to you to make up your mind if you want to believe something. And so that's the, the best part of the, That's what Art Bell did with stuff. He presented the story and let you decide for yourself. You could tell if he was skeptical about it. He would not hold back if he didn't believe what somebody was telling him. But in the end, he knew that it was up to the audience to decide for themselves. So in that way, like you would never, we would never say that something's an endorsement. We might endorse people. We might say, you know, they get our, you know, spooky South Coast seal of approval, but that's on an individual basis. That's not just because they were on the show. Like, for example, if somebody said, I have this opportunity to to go see John Tenney speak, 
mm-hmm. I would say, well, you absolutely should go do that. I 100% endorse you going to see that. But if we had some, you know, just random psychic on and somebody called up and said, hey, you know, I really am thinking about booking a reading with a psychic. And because you had this person on your show, I think I'm going to book a, a, a reading with them. If it goes bad, don't blame us. Right. Because we were not recommending that you hire them just because you have them on the show. We just have them on the show and we tell you how you can mm-hmm. connect with them if you want to. So that's where I think people people don't realize that. Like when you're plugging a guest, you're plugging a guest because that's why they're here. They're here because they have something to promote. And it's your job as the host and as the, the people involved in the show to plug those things for them. It doesn't mean that you believe in them. I've plugged tons of books on this show right. that I thought were terrible books. But you might read it and not think that it's a terrible book. You might read it and say, this is the best book that I've ever read. And I've had that happen. There's been books that I felt were terrible and people have mm-hmm. written to me and said, I got this book because I heard this person on your show and I love the book. Okay. Yep. You know, uh, I didn't think it was that great. And if you asked me for a list of book recommendations, I wouldn't have put it on there. But I gave this guest the chance to tell their story, and I gave you the information about how you can get the book for yourself, and then it's up to you to decide. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem is that uh, uh, it just becomes – it's a fine line to walk. We're very lucky that a lot of our guests understand the process. Right. But there are people who just want to come in and promote, 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 promote. Correct. And it's it's a judgment call whether or not you want to allow them to keep doing that. For example, you know, when we had Chris Quarantino on, Christopher Lutz. Yes. From the Amityville Horror, the kid, he grew up in that, well, he lived in that house. He didn't grow up in the house. They only lived there for a month. But he was the family that involved, that was involved in the Amityville Horror, the true life story of the Amityville Horror. He was the family. He was the, the child in that family. And when he came on the show, he was going to share with us the real story of the Amityville Horror. Mm-hmm. But what he actually did is he kept promoting the fact that he was going to have some sort of way for you to pay to hear the real story. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Now, that's years later, and that still hasn't happened, but I still like Chris. Chris is a friend of mine. I talk to him frequently online, and we've hung out in person, and I think he's a, a great dude. Mm-hmm. But in that episode itself, it was over the top. You know, I'm I'm doing that. And, and so you have to just kind of say, listen, if you're not going to tell us, then there's no point in keeping this going. Like, it's not a 90-minute commercial for your whatever you're planning. So there is kind of that fine line a little bit that you have to walk. But for the most part, almost every guest that comes on understands that. Nobody's ever said to us, well, you know, if you want to find out the answer to that question, you're just going to have to buy my book. Because I would say, well, okay, we'll do that. There's no reason to keep you on then. Mm -hmm. But as I said, you know, most people get it. Because you want to get invited onto other shows, so you keep increasing the reach of people that are listening and hearing about your about your product that you're offering. So, but getting back to that idea, that's that's why we don't really want to have um, you know paranormal researchers on that aren't doing something different, or, or you know, just the basic paranormal investigative team is not the type of show that we're looking to put on. Doesn't mean that we don't respect what you do. It doesn't mean that we're not interested in hearing about what you find and that we want you to send us emails and and share your experiences with us. It's just, it's not compelling enough for the listener. If you feel like you have a very compelling story 
uh, or like just the fact that your investigations are interesting enough that people should pay attention, you can always launch your own show because everybody and his brother or sister has one now. It's true. And some of them are, you know, building vast uh, network empires with uh, shows of people who shouldn't have their own shows. So that's <laughs> that's the way that it goes now. Listen, let's not pull this into a whole other direction. Well, I mean, that's the that's the thing is when you get like minded people that that like your your show and want to have their own, then you can kind of build your own little organization there and just have a, a giant echo chamber of all the stuff that you want to believe. Mm-hmm. That's not what we do here. We try to cover everything. And we try to have uh, a wide variety of takes on things. Not from ourselves, but you know, from the people that we bring on. And if you go back into some of our archives, I got the uh, question was asked to me today, Matt, in the, uh, in the after show of the Bartcast. Yep. The subject came up of the Backyard Podcast. Ah. Uh-huh. So I got the infamous bad, bad backyard yes. podcast, and I, I got I got asked about uh, if we're going to do another one. So we really do, right? We really do have to do another one. We've been saying this since I started on the show, but you don't sure. drink like yeah. six years. So ago. I don't know if it'll be as interesting if you're going to be there, but not be as drunk as the rest of us. Is it going to be live, or do you think we should record I, it? Listen, it's different Cause, now. Because what if we? The world is different. I what think if we it do it to be in, live? What if we do it in uh, the Bridgewater Triangle, and then we'll just go camping? Like make that our Bridgewater Triangle show yeah. for this year? I refuse to camp. I'm just saying. Really? Well, you don't have to sleep there. You can leave camping. after we're done with the show. I'll drink, but I'm not getting drunk. Somebody has no, to no, the you, show. No, no, you can't do the Backyard Podcast without getting completely drunk. Yes, I can. That's, But it's just not the same. Nobody you, wants to hear what I have to say when I'm drunk. You can just you can just call in for a few minutes if you're not going to be completely drunk. Well, fine. You Kick can, me you, out then. You can, like, moanese it from, from somewhere. Like, I'm just calling in to check in. Jerk. No, no. It's going to be full out hammered. I can't even tell you the last time that's, I was full That's where the hammered. bar has been set. Set. That's, I don't know, where were, where were, how, how drunk, I think I'm just romanticizing the past. I think you are too, because I don't think you were hammered. No, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, we weren't full out drunk. I'm, I'm just, I'm just romanticizing the past and just giving you a hard time. But, uh, the idea was certainly to kind of let ourselves loose a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're not the same people on the radio that we were in 2006. No. When we were scared to death every time we came in here, that it would be the last time anybody came in and let us do it. Do you remember when you used to just stand up the entire show? I did. I used to stand right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I almost thought about standing up tonight because my back was hurting. But, uh, yeah, we used to stand up through the entire show, and I had my laptop in front of me. You did. And the very first shows that we started trying to do live video streaming, and we're talking like what, Matt, like 2007, 2008? Yeah. Yep. And we were doing them uh, on like stick cam and mani cam. And <laughs> I remember mani cam. Mani cam. Mani cam. It's mani cam. It's mani cam, but we called it mani cam. But you know, we're trying to do these uh, these live uh, shows, and we did what UStream for a while, and uh, we're yep. trying to do these. And in, in, in the early days, the only camera that we had was the the webcam at the top of my laptop. I remember that. So it would just be like an upshot of me. 
standing yes. in front of the, the laptop yep. as we're doing the show. But you were really the only one that talked anyways, because the silent assassin was super silent in those days. And Moniz has not said a word in 13 years. So, right. so it was it was definitely uh, interesting. And if you go back and you look in some of our YouTube archives, you can see some of the early, early attempts at video streaming. But uh, I think we have a pretty good video product now. I think Matt does a fantastic job with it and uh, and certainly makes it something that is must say uh, technology is caught up with our vision that's what it was so i mean there you go i like that yeah i like that that was quick thinking well i mean think about it like how long were we talking about this how long ago were we talking about uh this is what i think would be the best way to do this and he would say i don't know i don't know if that's i don't know if that's possible um i don't know i'm kind of a naysayer sometimes Right. Well, so. but this is how I always <laughs> describe you to people. Like, especially when we're um, when we're trying to say, uh, I just always assume the worst is going to happen, and it usually does. Well, but especially like when, when it comes to the studio. So when I'm when I'm trying to pitch, at least in the early days, I'm trying to pitch you as somebody that can contribute to something. You know, maybe like around here uh, during the business week or other shows that are looking to have something happen. I always pitch you, and I say. Here's how it works with Matt. I give Matt an idea that's probably like way too impossible to pull off or is really like pie in the sky thinking. Yep. And you find a way to make it happen. Like there's been very okay. few things that I've ever said to you over the course of the show. This is what I think we should do. And that you've had to come back and say, nope, I looked into it. Can't be done. Right. I think, I think we've gone with all your ideas. Can we just say that a lot of the things so, that we've done but, could not be done without Matt? Well, that's the thing. Is like I, I, the way that Matt just put that. It sounds yeah. like I'm the one that had all the ideas, and nope. he just does it. No, he's the one that's coming to us and innovating yes. with all kinds of it things. It always has been. So it it really works because, like you, first of all, like your brain is always thinking of ways to make this better, and always paying attention to things that can make this better. Which, by the way, remind me later about the new Facebook thing. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you about that. Um, but. Remind me to talk to you guys about uh, something that I want to do either on a regular basis or for the holiday season. I like it. I don't even know what it is, but you know, I'm, I'm everybody for it. is going to forget about this entire conversation once we're no, done. No, no, right. right. No, we'll we'll remember. This is important stuff. Okay, but well, we're coming up on a break, so we might be able to talk about it sooner rather than later. That's that's what I love about what we've done here over the years is that we've built this based on ideas, right? Like, we're not under any edicts from anybody to do anything a certain way. The only thing that we have to do is we have to make sure that we, you know, play the spots that we have to play Mm -hmm. if we're on the radio. We have to make sure that we hit the legal ID. And we have to make sure that we don't swear on the air. Right. Other than that, this show has been, you know, what we've we've built it into. So I think now that we've built it into a point where if we're going to do the Backyard Podcast, people are going to expect more. It can't just be, you know, us sitting around some microphones in the backyard drinking. Like, they're going to want the video. They're going to want to interact with us. They're going to want to be able to call in and harass us or harass us in the chat room. So we're going to we're going to have to give this some thought. And maybe it doesn't have to be outdoors either. Right. It'd be a lot better if it wasn't because then we could actually have like hardwired Ethernet. Like, like let's do a, a Christmas special, like Christmas pajamas. Like let's on a all porch get matching or a, a gazebo. <laughs> Any- <laughs> Who do we know with a gazebo? Can somebody build us a gazebo? This is weird. That's what the spooky South Coast fans want to see. They want they want live 
from the gazebo. A More gazebo, gazebo is shows. still outdoors and wide open. The some gazebos, no are, some gazebos are fancy. Do they have no. screen gazebos with screens? You can. That's called the screen house. No, no. There's some. You can have screens on a gazebo. No. If you want to. Not really. And it's not you, the same. Some gazebos have electricity in them. This is so weird. This is getting weird. Some gazebos are heated. I like my heated. matching PJs thing better. Yeah. We can wear pajamas have, in a gazebo. They can have cats on them. <laughs> we could um, <laughs> totally just somewhere say we could have a, par- a paranormal uh, slumber party. But yes. um, I mean, did not Chip Coffee do that? That's actually his show on yeah. on Vitty Space. Yeah, but we can make it different. Paranormal pajama That's party. That's not where I was going. We, yeah, we can make it totally different. We, Matt and I will wear lingerie. <laughs> All right, we are coming up on the end of the first hour. I swear when we come back on the second hour, we'll talk some more paranormal topics. You can call in as well at 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. If you would like to call in and share with us, you can also uh, jump into the chat room on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. And if you need to get a hold of us through email, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com, or you can tweet us at SpookySC or use the hashtag SpookyLive. We have all of that stuff uh, available for you, not only during the show, but also uh, it's available for the most part throughout the course of the week. I just I wouldn't call the studio numbers to talk spooky stuff during the week because there's regular talk shows that are going on in here. But some of the stuff they talk about on those shows is pretty downright spooky as well. So uh, we will take a break for the news because we are on the radio tonight. And when we come back on the other side, more paranormal talk here on Spooky South Coast. We'll talk about what makes a good paranormal-themed television show. We're talking about where we'd like to see our show go in the future, but also where would you like to see paranormal television go in the future? What do you want to see on your screen as a viewer? And the answer for some of you might be no more, no more. But I'm sure some of you have some ideas of how to make that genre better as well. So more of that coming up on Spooky South Coast after the break. Stay tuned. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Welcome back. Our number two of Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and psychic medium Stephanie Burke. And we are talking about the paranormal. And while we're talking about the paranormal, uh, I just want to let everybody know about Parabox. If you're not part of Parabox, if you're not a subscriber, what are you waiting for? Just go to ParaboxMonthly.com. You can sign up and get brand new T-shirt every month. Automatically delivered to your door. You can choose as long as you want to get it delivered for. And you get these nice, soft, comfortable t-shirts that actually have paranormal puzzles built into them 
that you have to figure out. So go to PowerBoxMonthly.com if you want to find out more about it. Use our code SPOOKYLIVE and you'll save 10% on your order. There you go. You can see it right on your screen. PowerBoxMonthly.com. Check it out. They're going to be at the Plymouth Paracon coming up. i got to reach out to them and find out if they're bringing shirts to sell. Because I want to get some of those back catalog ones that they have. I want some of those Art Bell shirts. I want some of those Amityville shirts. You probably have to put in a special request. I, I, I will. I'm sure if they have you them, they'll You might be able to make it happen. Them. I'm also, you know, I'm also the probably one of the more popular sizes in the paranormal world where they're like, no, we're out of those. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Matt, I will kind of, um, I know that we were just kind of talking about this off the air. And it's not something that you're necessarily ready to institute just yet. But let's yep. let's bring this to the audience because this is uh, I, I really love this idea. As, as many of you know, when we do this show, um, we we don't get paid. We are not here as employees of, of the radio station. We are not here. Uh, you know, we're not selling the advertising that's on the show. We're we're just here because we like to talk about the paranormal, and and they let us come in and do it. Right. And so, with the, you know, and, and with all the things that we do with the podcasting, with our website, all that stuff, we pay for all of that out of our own pockets, which is why we run events, which is why we accept donations on our website. If you want to donate something, you can always, you know, donate to us through PayPal. Um, and we will also, every once in a while, we'll have like little, little fun drives where we will ask people to donate. You know, we say, hey, you know, we need to do this. and But generally, we don't like to ask our audience for money. YouTube is a, a pretty decent way of of um, raising some funds. You know, we're not, we're not uh, what's his name, PewDiePie? We're not that dude. But we probably make enough, Matt, off the YouTube revenue to cover the cost of the website every year, right? Um, yeah, it covers our basic operation costs, I guess, aside from... So snacks, but it's, doesn't, it's, it's snacks. Snacks. <laughs> it doesn't come anywhere near our snack budget. No, it's fair to say that we're not in this for the money. No, but as you know, the things that we do, we were talking about in the first hour, all the things that we have kind of been able to innovate over the years, and as those things are coming into fruition, everybody's monetizing those and finding a way to make themselves money. And we still don't really get as wrapped up into that as much as we could. We always talk about it. We're like, hey, it'd be really great if we did this and brought in some revenue for us for what it is that we do. But we're also very altruistic people, or at least we try to be. We try to put out good karma into the world so that we get it back. And Matt was just telling me about this idea where, and we we just got a donation in our chat room. Uh, there is the the option in there, Matt, to, to donate. But before before anybody starts like making donations, this is not us asking you for money for us. Tell everybody, Matt, what you were telling us uh, during the break about what we can do with this super chat option uh, that exists in our chat room on on YouTube. Uh, so, as uh, a, a number of our chat regulars know, um, YouTube has this option called uh, super chat, where it it kind of highlights your um, your your comment in the chat and uh, makes it more visible in like a speedy chat. Um, for a fee, and the, the fee usually goes to us. Uh, what we are or, or hope to in, implement is um, we can 
take that money that you would donate to Super Chat and put it towards a good cause um, that we haven't decided yet. So there, from what Matt was explaining to us, there are a number of uh, nonprofit organizations, some of which we work with on a lot of things that we do kind of behind the scenes, where those nonprofit organizations can actually be the beneficiaries of this Super Chat money. So what we would do is, you know, say we're talking, you know, let's just say, for example, uh, this this hurricane that is coming, Hurricane Florence, is coming, and it'll probably hit somewhere on the East Coast of the United States. There's going to be the need for disaster relief. So, you know, maybe we go on the air next week and we say, we are putting this Super Chat money tonight toward hurricane relief through the Red Cross. And so every time that you donate to that Super Chat, that money will go directly to the Red Cross. It won't touch us at all, right? It'll go directly to yep. them through YouTube. Yep. YouTube will just cut them a check. So we would have nothing to do with it. So whatever charity we are highlighting uh, that week, you know that the money will go directly to that charity. Now, obviously, you know, not every episode we will do that because, first of all, like we're, we're not here to, to ask you guys for money. So we're not going to do that every week because we don't want to have our hands out for things every week. But there'll be certain things. Oh, th- there is a question here. Would folks who couldn't donate still be able to participate in the chat without charge? Absolutely. The chat room is always going to be free. This is just something that people can do um, to kind of up it. And you said, Matt, they get like a speedier access. And, and we get, as we're watching it, you know, we get uh, whatever shows right. up in your super chat is highlighted in like a green box. Right, it'll be highlighted at the top of the chat, so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be able to give you a shout out and thank you for it. Yes, but no, the, we would never take away the option for people to be able to chat for free and to be part of the show and be interactive with the show. This will just be something that will be a little bit, you know, just another way to help out with some of these organizations. So I'm just thinking, you know, when we're talking about a specific topic, we might put it into that. Right. Organization for the night. So Matt brought up a great point. You know, when we're, when we're doing the Bridgewater Triangle show for this year, the Bridgewater Historical Society is one of the possible beneficiaries of this. So maybe just for that night, anybody that super chats, that money will go to the Bridgewater Historical Society. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to get a check and they're going to say, where did this check come from? Well, it came from YouTube. How did it come from YouTube? From the spooky South Coast audience. That's awesome. So, you know, in a way, it'll, it'll, It'll be part of that putting good karma out into the world for us and for our audience. But also it will show them that the spooky South Coast audience cares about these causes. Mm -hmm. And so then when we say to them, hey, we want to do this, we want to do that, you know, then, you know, is it possible that we can come into one of your historic haunted locations and broadcast from there for the night? And they'll say, oh, yeah, well, you're the show that sent us that check through YouTube. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, so it'll help open some doors and, and help make for some exciting partnerships. So I like this. I like this because it's another way for us to give back. And again, you know, our hands aren't even in it, so it's going directly to them. And a lot of people don't realize that's what we do with our events. You know, those are, we're cutting a nice check to all of the places where we have those events uh, every time that we do them. So that's what this is about for us. It's about showing the world that mm-hmm. the paranormal community is, uh, you know, a viable thing for them. Right. It's to open up those doors and, and break down those barriers so that we can, at the very least, just be able to talk about these things and have them come on and join us. Twelve years ago, 
if we reached out to a historical society and said, you guys have this location, and we've always heard stories about the, the ghostly activity of that place. Can you come on and join us? Oh, no, no we don't really want right. to talk about that. We don't, want, we don't want to push that aspect of what people talk people about. People are terrified to talk about it. But it's, it's different a taboo now. Thing. Yep. And listen, it's a, it's a horrible thing to have to say, but money is what changes a lot of minds. It's very true. Because there are places that we go to that would have never thought to let mm-hmm. people come in and look for ghosts. But when they get that check, they say, okay, I see now that this is a viable thing for us. The event that I'm doing down in Tennessee in a few weeks, um, we had to get clearance from the entire state of Tennessee, uh, boards, board members, historical societies, all kinds of different you know hoops to jump through. But when we talked to them and we said, we want to be able to give part of the ticket sales to you it's not just a flat fee we're going to give you x amount per ticket in order to help you you know upkeep this this great historical place everything changed and it's because we're not just trying to come in and just do a ghostly thing and leave we're actually trying to help you out we're trying to help you raise money to keep the doors open you know what the biggest challenge is and you're getting into this now with setting up some of these events yourself Mm -hmm. but the biggest challenge that i've faced for years now in trying to set these up is they don't have the manpower. They don't. And, and if, even if they do, you know, if you want to go and investigate a, a place that's owned by a historical society, they don't have, for example, the Wareham Historical mm-hmm. Society. We love them with all of our hearts. We love all of the people that we get to deal with, mm-hmm. with uh, just everybody involved, Paul and Angela and Mary and, and Mr. and Mrs. Finney mm-hmm. and uh, just everybody that's taken part in, in, in the things that we've done there over the years. But they're one of the few that actually get it. They're one of the few that actually have all of their volunteers that are willing to stay up until 2 o'clock in the morning right? and be there to help us out. A lot of places that we reach out to, they say, listen, all of our volunteers are you know, in their 70s and their 80s. They're not going to want to come out and stay out till 1 or 2 in the morning. So you're actually going to cough up being able to make you know, yes, hundreds of dollars, maybe thousands of dollars, depending on the location and how many people are coming in, because... Your volunteers just won't stay up. Mm-hmm. And I used to have a rule where we had to have at least four volunteers from every organization. I've gotten rid of that now. As long as there's <laughs> one person there. As long as there's one person there that will be responsible for the place, that's good enough for me now. And even then, some places, they don't even care about that. They say, well, we'll just we'll be down the street. Call us when you need us to lock up. I remember that, too. That's, places so, that we've been. Mm-hmm. So there's, you it's know, nice that they trust us. Right. But it's but. it's also, you know, but that's just the reality of the situation is they don't have the manpower to do it, but at least they're willing to let us in and do it. So this is just another way that we can show them that uh, that this is when, th- this is how you can add to your tourism money. This is how you can add to your, you know, your your annual revenue. Uh, and I always use Wareham as the example that, you know, when, when we do that event, it's one of their bigger fundraisers for the year, which they right. do a lot of things. But it's just it's nice that the paranormal world can can come back and give it to us. And uh, and Chrissy brought up in the chat room, you know, the Fort Tabor situation. Correct. And that's you know that's something where we ran into. We were doing that event for years. We did it, I think, what four times. We did four it or five quite a few times. times. Yes. And that was raising money directly for the military museum. There, we made it so that the f- the first event that we did, we made it so that the military museum could stay open all winter. When normally it would close down because it couldn't afford the heat bill, mm-hmm. we kept that place open for an entire winter 
And that's a free museum for people to come in and learn about the military history of America and of our area. Mm-hmm. And so more, many more people were able to get there and experience that and learn that because of that event that we did. But now, you know, the city won't allow us to do that anymore because of the liability issues. Because the uh, some, some new legal people came into the city and said, oh, you can't really let them go in there and do that because that's risky and that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And even them signing a waiver isn't good enough for us. So It was crazy. And they jacked up all their prices on purpose so that way they knew that we couldn't afford to even hold the event. No, that's that's not true. There's... We we could have held the event. They they told us that we could. We just had to follow the restrictions. Yeah, but again, all those added That's, prices too weren't fair. No, we didn't. We didn't have to pay any added prices. I thought we did. No, and the but, money wasn't potentially not going to go to the military museum. It was going to go to the city. Well, that's instead. the thing. Everything would start to go to the right, city, and then it would get filtered okay. a different way. Right. But uh, the, to, to be fair, by the time that we got everything kind of worked out, mm-hmm. what, this is when I went before the park board. Right. So they were willing to make some concessions for that, but then it just became that we would only be able to go into Fort Tabor itself, or Fort Rodman, actually. Mm-hmm. We, were, we would be able to go into Fort Rodman and have to stay on the grass. Yeah. And I said, I can't charge. Mm-hmm. That's where the money starts to get, because I can't afford to feed everybody, can't afford to pay the staff to be there, can't afford to handle the insurance that mm-hmm. I have to carry, and all that stuff involved. Because even though we have you sign a waiver, like mm-hmm. we still have to be insured to go into these places. Of course. And so... It just got to the point where I said, you know, it wouldn't work. I mean, what can you charge somebody to go in to the fort and just stay on the grass? And even the park board said, we know that that's mm-hmm. not viable for you, but that's just what we can do. But there there are other places that have said, you know, we'd love to have you, but our insurance won't allow it. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can say in that situation because if their insurance company isn't willing to say a waiver is good enough for me, mm-hmm. then... There's nothing you can do to change their mind. They can't risk losing their insurance or, or having to pay higher premiums all year long just because we want to do one night event. Right. But some some places will say, you know, our insurance company said that you can do it, but we will not be insured for that night. So you have right. to carry it yourself. And that's the most expensive part mm-hmm. of a lot of these things because depending on the place, depending on what they require you to carry, like in some cases you're carrying a $2 million liability policy. Right. So that's not cheap. We're talking hundreds of dollars for one night. Mm-hmm. There's been times when we've had to rent porta potties for events. Oh God, I remember that. Not cheap. No, that was awful. You know, and they 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 try and work with you and they try and help you out and give you a good deal, but they still have to pay for it to be brought there, mm-hmm. delivered, have it be cleaned afterwards, be right. picked up. You know, all that stuff. So. It's uh, it's not easy, but this is an, a much easier way for people to be able to donate mm-hmm. to uh, two locations and two uh, organizations. Is you're going to be here in the chat room anyway, and you can just throw a couple of dollars their way. And Matt, is there a minimum that you have to donate to be part of Super Chat? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think you can donate change if you want. So that's the great thing about it is anything that you want to donate. And again, there's no reason to have to other than because you want to. And uh, so anything that you want to give will go to them. So, yeah, I mean, what's the big deal if we raise, you know, 50 bucks for the Red Cross, but that's $50 more than they had? Mm-hmm. And it's a way to kind of show that the Spooky South Coast audience is, because I know that Spooky South Coast has good people that care listening to the show. I think that might just be the the scanner in the newsroom. It's loud. It is. Louder but, uh, than it was. Could be a ghost, too. 
This oh, place is you. haunted. There's a new intern here. Oh. Um, working over at Fun 107. And I was training her for some of the, the digital stuff. And I just happened to let slip that the place is haunted. And, and I haven't seen her since. Really? Yeah. I don't know if she hasn't officially started yet or what, but... You know, speaking of haunted... I just know that when I mentioned it, I didn't see her after that. Was it a ghost, Matt, or is it... out by that stuff. Was it a ghost? No, it's a scanner. Okay, scanner. Everybody I talk to, when it comes to haunted places or, you know, things of that sort, people get really freaked out to the point where they don't want to walk into places because, God forbid, it's haunted. Everywhere is haunted. Yeah. um, Anywhere you go, there's ghosts. Doesn't matter. Just because it looks spooky doesn't mean it's haunted. I think that, though, when, when you say to them that you're in a place where there's more of a history of things happening, like, that freaks them out. Yeah, but not here. Like, my aunt lived in a house that was haunted and yeah. always said, I don't care that the ghost is here. I just don't want to know that he's here. Right. And then she even had to adapt that where she said, okay, I don't care if you want to turn on the faucets at night or, or you know, rattle my bedroom I'm sleeping. I just don't want to see you. Mm-hmm. And... I think that it kind of obeyed that. I mean, I saw the shadows, but... <laughs> like, I think. Maybe. That's that's the show that we really have to do. One of these days, I just have to suck it up, drive to that house, and knock on the door. We've been talking about this probably for it almost le- 10 years. At least leave a letter mm-hmm. on the door or something. Because I keep trying to do it sneaky... You know, I keep going online, and mm-hmm. I try to see who owns the property now, and then I look and I see if they're on Facebook. I was going to say, that's an easy way to do it. At one it's point... It's creepy, but it's easy. It is a little creepy. At one point, though, I thought that I had nailed it, mm-hmm. and I sent a message to the people, and they never replied. They probably went to their other folder. I sent a friend request they did not accept, mm-hmm. and we had mutual friends. So, I don't know mm-hmm. if, you know, it's it's worth a shot. Just mail a letter. The, here's the way that I see it. There's no way that they're not experiencing activity mm-hmm. living in that house. With all the stuff that goes on, not only in that house, but that entire street, mm-hmm. there's no way nothing's going on. So they're probably waiting for somebody to come and help them. Like They probably okay. don't know how to find somebody to come and help them. With all the TV shows that are out I'm, there now. This is just what I'm telling myself in my head. Okay. So... This could be some. This would be a really good episode of Kindred Spirits. Okay. If they're having anything close to what my family was having mm-hmm. when when they lived there, uh, so I'm just I'm gonna have to just leave the letter. And well, Christina just said maybe that mutual friend could have helped you. No, it's just like people that we know. Like not everybody, not everybody that's on my Facebook is an actual friend that I would care to reach out and have say, hey, can you help me with this? Okay. This was more just like. People that are in the same circles. Right. Uh, if it was somebody that I felt was close enough that I would have said to them, hey, how do you know this person? Mm-hmm. But uh, it wasn't really anybody that I would feel comfortable saying, can you do this favor for me? Mm-hmm. Um, but we will have to reach. Because that would just be, that. first of all, that would be coming kind of full circle a bit for me. Right. Uh, but also, like, I would want to say to them, we're going to come and I want to bring my cousin and mm-hmm. my aunt and we're going to go and we're going to see what happens here and see what happens when they come back to this house. Uh, because uh, I, I, in my gut's telling me that it would be insane. Okay. The other part of it, too, is, you know, after 20, 25 years of thinking about it, like, would it be, would nothing happen? Then would I be disappointed? Well, At least I'd know. The tough part about 
haunted places with spirit activity is some people, some living people's energies awaken the spirits in the house. Right. So bringing them back might could do have that. An impact. But I would be curious to see what they're experiencing and go in without them and then bring them in to see what the difference is. Right. I would um, have to definitely include that in my experiment. Yeah, I, de- I definitely want to go there first and just do a, like an investigation of the house just right. to see if it's still if it's still as active as it was. Um, oh, damn, we just got to do it. So write your letter. What are you waiting for? I don't know. I'm not afraid. It's not that. You want me to write it for you? No, it's just, you? it's just, it's, it's in, it's going and invading somebody's personal life. You know, to say, I've never been that kind of person that knocks and right. says, you know, it's different if you're a historical society mm-hmm. or a business or something. I can say, hey, I heard this place is haunted. But it's different when it's somebody's house. Call Andy Lake. He knocks on doors. No problem. He does have a very good uh, I heard Adam Barry, ability. Adam Barry knocks on doors, too. So there's so. there's a question in the chat room about where this house is that we're talking about. It's, it's actually in Halifax, Massachusetts. So it's in the Bridgewater Triangle. And it's the house where my aunt and uncle, they bought it in the, in the 90s, in the early 90s. And it's where they lived with my two cousins, and I would go and stay with them in the summer for a couple of weeks here and there. And um, I guess I can just recap this story real fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was uh, a lot of whispers about what was going on in that house, but nobody in the family would really talk about it. And there were times, I swear, when my grandmother would want to tell my mother, because when I was growing up, we always went to my grandmother's house every Sunday. And... There was times when my grandmother would want to talk to my mother about it. They would send us kids out of the room. Hmm. And I would kind of try to listen in a little bit of and course. hear what I could hear because, you know, I'm nosy. But Every it, kid is. They would be talking about, like, stuff in the house. I'm like, oh, see, I thought they were going to be talking about, like, people fighting or, mm-hmm. you know, having financial problems or something like that. But no, they were talking about, like, things that were happening in the house. So then my ears would perk up. And my mom was never really shy about talking about that she thought her house was haunted growing up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, fast forward to, you know, the next time I'm staying at their house and, uh, I notice that my cousin, when he goes, before he goes to bed, he pushes his door to his closet shut. And I'm like, well, what's that all about? He's like, oh, I'm doing my exercises. And I'm like, what? Like, it doesn't make any Mm -hmm. sense. Well, come to find out, he would, every night before he went to bed, he would make sure that that door was completely shut because it would fly open in the middle of the night. And the same thing was happening to his sister's closet across the hall. So, you know, I start to hear some of this stuff, <coughs> little bits and pieces of it. And while I'm sleeping there, you know, he's sleeping up. He had a waterbed. Mm-hmm. And I don't like waterbeds. I've never liked waterbeds. They're really strange. He would always offer me his bed mm-hmm. when I stayed over there. And he'd say, you know, if you want to take the bed, I'll sleep on the floor. And I'd say, no, 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 I'll sleep on the floor because I prefer like a yeah. hard, firm surface. I, n- nine times out of ten, I prefer to sleep on a floor to a bed anyway. Mm-hmm. So I would sleep on the or floor. Tub. Yep, tubs, couches, <laughs> all that stuff. So um, I'm sitting there, laying there on the floor, and I can hear chains rattling in the hallway. And now they have a dog, mm-hmm. and the dog has like a collar. Right. So I'm like, well, it's probably just the dog's, you know, tags rattling on the dog's collar. And then I look, and the dog is laying in the room, like at my feet. So it wasn't her. Right. But I'm hearing like this jingling sound coming down the hallway, and it's getting louder and louder and louder. 
and I'm looking out the hallway. It's a, it's one of those houses where it's a, you know, one level house mm-hmm. and you walk in the door. There's like a, like a dining room area and then there's a living room and then there's a hallway with bedrooms going off that hallway. And so at the very end of that hallway is my cousin's two rooms across from each other. And so all of a sudden I see like this, just this dark mass come down the hallway and then stop. It starts to get darker and darker and darker. And that chain sound gets louder and louder and louder and then it just stops. Hmm. And I do the only thing that I can think of to do. I roll over and pull the covers over my head. Naturally. But also in the back of my mind, because, you know, I'm probably like 12, 13. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, the dog's not reacting. Mm-hmm. So if the dog's not reacting, there's probably not anything there. Had the dog reacted, I might have like yeah. popped up, woken up my cousin, whatever. The dog is probably used to it. So I did um, I did wake up and I did... Uh, Mark's just saying that this is in the Backyard Podcast episode, this story. And, uh, and I did share that link to the people in the after mm-hmm. show today. Uh, maybe I should just put the direct link into the chat room. We'll finish this Anybody that wants to hear the Backyard Podcast, after the show, I will put it in the chat room link. So jump on YouTube and you'll be able to get it. Because uh, we do have to fix the art. There's a lot of archives that are missing. But um, so I told my cousin about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was kind of like, but the more that things started to happen, the more people couldn't deny it. And the more mm-hmm. time I spent there, because I like to stay there. Right. Like what 12-year-old kid doesn't want to go hang out at his cousin's house where you can ride dirt bikes all day mm-hmm. and you know, drive taxi cabs in the cornfield behind their house and, you know, go out to, to Stella's for, for meatloaf sandwiches and, and bagels and stuff. And, uh, just, you know, I was, I was living my best life, as I <laughs> right. say today. So we're there one night. My aunt and uncle are out for the night. And my other aunt is there to babysit us. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, shout out to Aunt Arlene, who listens to the show quite a bit. She's not the most physically imposing person. You've met my Aunt Eileen. Mm-hmm. She's about four feet tall. Right. And um, yeah, she's just like, if somebody was to break into the house or something, she's not saving us. No. She's uh, super sweet. She's like, it, all at this point, the three kids that are there are all bigger than her. Mm-hmm. But uh, so when she's watching us or we're watching her, depending on how <laughs> you want to look at it. And as we're there, we're in the living room watching a movie. Mm-hmm. And I think, if I remember right, I believe we were watching Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, which is a pretty good percentage that we were because that was my cousin's favorite movie. We watched it all the time. Mm-hmm. But we hear this banging sound outside the house. Mm-hmm. We go and we run out to the deck. We turn on the light. We look. We don't see anything. Go back in. Watch the movie. A few minutes later, same thing. Bang, 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 bang. It sounds like metal banging. Bang, bang, bang. So my cousin goes in. My cousin Tommy runs in and grabs the twenty-two rifle. Mm-hmm. And we run outside. And my aunt's freaking out because she's like, you're not going to shoot somebody. Like, you're not, and my, my cousin's trying to explain to her, it's a twenty-two. Like, it's, it's a glorified BB gun. I can't kill anybody with this. Mm-hmm. I just want somebody to, you know, be scared. And so finally... Uh, well, the next time that we hear it, I run down to the basement, mm-hmm. and he runs outside, because we're like, maybe it's coming from down there, and we don't, neither one of us sees anything. It was finally where uh, we figured out that it was the bulkhead doors mm. of the basement were 
opening and closing on their own. We figured that out when the last time that we heard it, we had gone down into the basement in time to see them oh. slam, you know, opening mm-hmm. and closing on their own. Bang, bang, bang. Like in, in those, anybody that has a, a steel bulkhead to mm-hmm. their basement knows that, you know, those the, the wind doesn't do that. Right. So that's when, when that happened, that's when my cousin kind of turned to me and said, our house is haunted. Mm-hmm. And I think it might have been the first time like he might have actually said it out loud. I don't even think him and his sister talked about it. But as the story goes, you know, she had gone, my cousin Amy had gone to the cemetery that was right next door to the house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she used to like to go there and do grave rubbings. And one day she went in there with a Ouija board. Mm. And she started contacting whatever was there and, and having conversations with it. And then I guess she came back to the house and was talking to it through the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. And it was coming in and out of her closet all the time. And then it started bothering my other cousin, Tommy, across the hall. So uh, their research told them that it was a farmer who had lived on... Because they, they started to hear that there were other stories up and down the street. Mm-hmm. So their research had told them that it was a farmer who had two mentally retarded sons, mm-hmm. you know, mentally disabled sons. And th- in those days, they would have called them retarded. We call mm-hmm. it, we say mentally challenged or disabled. Um, so those two sons were growing up on this farm where they couldn't contribute to the workload. Mm-hmm. So they were just extra miles to feed and things were very tight. And so as they got older and, you know, were more of a burden, one day the farmer took an axe and... Oof took care of those extra mouths to feed. So that was the what they had learned um, through, I guess, some library research they had done. My mm-hmm. aunt actually went and looked back through the records mm-hmm. and found out that every family that had bought in that house, because the house itself was only built in the 1960s, mm-hmm. but there had been a number of families that had lived in the house in those 30 years at that time, and every marriage had ended in divorce. Mm-hmm. And I don't think my aunt would mind me saying, but, you know, they were having problems, too. Mm-hmm. And when they moved out of that house, those problems stopped. Mm-hmm. So it's it had an effect on them as people. Further research shows, and this is some, something that I found out later on when I was looking into it, and I think, uh, I think Kristen Good, who does a lot of research on the Bridgewater Triangle, also found some stuff out about this, too. It was one big farm, that whole area, mm-hmm. but it was uh, one of the richest families in the area owned it, and the son actually killed the father with an axe. So I think that's the actual true story, mm-hmm. that the other is kind of just a legend that has developed around it. But for anybody who's wondering what I'm talking about, um, I'm not going to give the exact address out, but we're talking about the area of Route 105 where it goes from Middleborough and connects into Route 106 in Halifax. Mm -hmm. And anybody, it's called Thompson Street. And anybody that has driven up and down Thompson Street will tell you it is freaky. Hmm. There is a a house about maybe a couple of miles down from where they lived that everybody, if I tell this story and I say, they lived on Thompson Street in Halifax in a haunted house, everybody thinks, oh, the house where the road splits. Mm -hmm. But it's not that house. But that house is notoriously haunted. Mm. There's another house that um, Mike Markowitz used to investigate mm-hmm. and uh, Bay State Paranormal used to investigate. I believe they referred to it as the House of the Seven Suicides. And it, oh. it's, it, that's further down the Middleborough end of, of that street. Mm-hmm. But 
that house has a long, sordid paranormal history. There's a section of the road where they've built more houses on it now. The la- I haven't been down it probably in about four or five years, but they've built more houses in this stretch of farmland because at one point all the farmland around it was owned by Cumberland Farms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now you know they've been selling off parcels of land and they've been building developments. And when you drive down it, there's um, there's a lot of you know what used to be a lot of empty spaces now has more you know lights on from people's homes mm-hmm. and and from streetlights and everything. But you would go down this one stretch where there was it was wide open, and then there was a little grove of trees that went over the road, and then when you came out of that little grove, there was more wide open road. And for some reason, like when you went through that little grove of trees, like you would close your eyes, mm-hmm. you would not want to look out the window. Because it was just weird as hell, and it was in that area around that grove, too, that there's a lot of UFO sightings weird. that have been reported. I saw weird lights in the sky. I wouldn't have called it a UFO. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have called it probably like what they refer to as St. Elmo's Fire, you know, these, yeah. these natural occurring phenomena, but it happened there. Um, so this whole area is uh, is super, super strange, even now. Matt, I know that um, Matt's been... Basically, part of my family for a long time. Were you like around us at all when they still live there? Did you ever go to that house? No, I don't think I did. Okay, so uh, you wouldn't be familiar then with with anything there. But we we definitely got to get there and and make it happen. Yeah, definitely. If anything, like just to kind of satisfy that curiosity. But uh, yeah, so that's that's that story. Which I've told uh, again on the backyard podcast, and I believe I told recently on on uh, on another show, and so. Well, it sounds like whatever it was, was not happy. I I don't know if that was necessarily the case, though. I don't know if if it was just active, and that activity wore on the people that live there, or if there was like a darker element to it. I mean, growing up in a very very active home. That was very old and had a lot of history to it. There were things that occurred, but it wasn't that violent. Like swinging doors open or banging doors or things like that. They, that's the type of stuff that they do when they want serious attention. Well, they're was, almost frustrated that they're not getting that attention. One of the most frequent things that would happen was the faucets would turn on by themselves mm-hmm. at night in the bathroom. Um that was probably like the most predominant mm-hmm. sign of activity. And to me, that's, you know, that's kind of low level stuff. Right. That's like, hey, we're showing you that we're here, but, mm-hmm. you know, we're not really trying to scare you necessarily. Right. Uh, there was, so as you were walking down this hallway to get to my cousin's two rooms, mm-hmm. and again, it's hard over the, over the years of time. It's probably just a very short, small hallway, mm-hmm. but in my mind, it goes on forever. Of course. And there was a room off to the side across from the bathroom that was like their spare room Mm -hmm. where my uncle had like a desk to do like his work and they had a bed for – so actually like that's where I should have slept when I stayed over. Mm -hmm. I tried to sleep there once and I lasted about an hour in that room and said, nope, not for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I would go to sleep on my cousin's floor. But uh, I totally forgot that there was even a spare room that had a bed in it till, till just that second. But they also had in that room, my uncle had, you are too young to remember probably Stephanie, but Matt, you probably remember, uh, especially, did you ever go to the Westgate mall in Brockton? 
Um, maybe, maybe once or twice. There yeah. was that tobacco shop in there, but there were tobacco shops in like every mall. Uh, I think a lot of them they were called the Tobacconist. I think that was like the chain name of it. But so there, there were these tobacco shops. And in there, they would sell like collectible things that men would would probably want to mm-hmm. have stuff that they would put in like a man cave now, as mm-hmm. they say. And one of those things that they had is remember when they would have those those like Three Stooges figures, where they had the Marx Brothers, where it was a little body and a huge head. Oh right, yeah. So my uncle is a huge Three Stooges fan, mm-hmm. and he had all Three Stooges uh, on on mm-hmm. on a desk in there or on top of a dresser or something, uh, and like. I love the Three Stooges, mm-hmm. but those freaked me out. You, I would not look in that room at night mm. as I was walking down the hallway. Even with the hallway light on, I would not look into that room because I did not want to see those Three Stooges. I wonder and, why. And as it turns out, but both my cousins felt exactly the same way about it. That's mm. why they were in that room. Maybe they were haunted. I don't think that they were. I think they was just being in that house like... Mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe we saw them move and just didn't want to admit it or what right. have you, but um, but they were kept in that room because nobody wanted to look at them, like nobody wanted to see them. Mm-hmm. But like if you went into the store and saw them, you didn't think anything of it, right? Like I would, I would love to say right now, I'd love to have a Groucho Marx one, mm-hmm. but then if it came into my house, I might feel differently about it. I don't, know? I don't know. It's weird. Like I've always wanted a Groucho Marx uh, ventriloquist doll. Mm-hmm. But then I don't want a ventriloquist doll in my house. No. I have one. I keep it in my basement. Nope. So, you know, that's that's just part of it. And and it's just weird, weird things like that. So we'll have to... Let's write that letter. We'll have to see if we can make this happen. Just kind of gathering my thoughts a little bit after sharing that. When you go down the, that memory, memory lane... lane. Well, yeah, while you're saying things, I'm thinking about all the stuff that I did as a kid growing up in a haunted house. Like, as you, you're saying... But you're lucky to at least have the ability to... How does that make me lucky? Because at least you know if it's there or it isn't. So at least that question is answered for you. The question is answered. However, it's a, it's a smack in the face of reality of, hey, this thing is here. What do you do? And it wasn't always nice. But at le- but being able to know that it's there at least kind of gives you uh, a plan of attack. Yes and no. When you're little, there's there's no plan of attack. Um, there's a ghost that I used to see every single night when I was um, I'd go into my parents' room. And um, I would sit in their bed, and it was a ghost that used to walk out of the bathroom and toward the, the the door to go out, and he would wave to me every single night and smile, and um, he was super nice. And then when I moved across the hall um, into my own room, that those memories were probably from around the time I was about 18 months old. When I moved across the hall into my own room, that room was horrible. Like, I, I still will not sleep there. There were things that used to show up in that room that I did not like at all. Um, when my brother slept in there, um, he said the same thing. It used to happen to him all the time. It, the entire house, just like different parts of the house, had different spirits in them. No matter where you were, it's like, but they never crossed paths, which was really interesting. Um, some did. Some had full reign in the house. Some did not. But... I remember when I slept in that room across the hall, 
there were so many nights, and I slept with the brightest nightlight in the world. Um, I might as well have just slept with the lamp on. That's how bright my nightlight was. Um, where I would feel something, and I would see something. And that feeling of if I just throw the covers over my head, it can't get me. Um, and I could feel it through the covers. And I'd have to wait till the feeling went away when I knew it left in order to come back out. And I remember to the point where, you know, when you're a kid and you're under the blankets for too long and you're just breathing hot air at that point and you want to come out so bad but you're afraid to stick your face out that was my life nonstop that, all the time you, you do that thing where you just kind of wrap the blanket around no your you mouth can't a bit? you can't because it might get you oh so, so yeah no i would at least let my mouth stick out a little bit i um if i had to i'm gonna say this now i'm not gonna sleep all night watch i used to take all of my blankets and i used to tuck it underneath my body and like my blankets at the bottom of my bed, I would untuck and I would put underneath my feet so nothing could touch me. I hated it. I don't mean to ruin your. Uh, I don't mean to to like take away from that feeling because I know mm-hmm. we we've kind of all gone through that that feeling mm-hmm. ourselves. But the the blanket wasn't enough to protect you. I know, I know, like, but it still made me feel better. It was like this weird I know, security it still, thing. it still works. Even as an adult, like, you're like, if I just roll, mm-hmm. like, like I'm, I'm not talking about ghost stuff. I'm just saying, like, any problems. Yeah. Like, if I just roll over and pull the blanket over my head, it's not happening. Right. Dog's barking because she wants to go out. Nah, I'll just pretend I don't hear her, and then it's not actually happening. Me. I still have to get up. But, but that feeling, it was just terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying, and I dealt with it. For the longest time, and I just didn't say anything. I remember my father used to carry me upstairs to go to sleep every single night. And he would start upstairs, and he would always, always, and I I still to this day don't know why, and I should probably ask him. He would never turn the stairs light on. He would always carry me upstairs in the dark. I would bury my face in his neck and close my eyes as tight as I could because I knew I was going to see something and I didn't want to. And every single night I would do this. I was terrified of it. I used to uh, not sleep in my own bed mm-hmm. when I was young. Like I wouldn't. I wouldn't either for that reason. They, my my mother and father hated it because I wouldn't fall asleep. And then they would mm-hmm. do this thing where they'd let me fall asleep in their bed. And they then when I was asleep, back. they'd move me into my room. Mm-hmm. And then I would really freak out because I'm like, how did I get in here? Mm-hmm. But... Um, I remember I had one recurring, and by the way, Matt, Matt will understand this reference. I don't know if you will, Stephanie, mm-hmm. but maybe the people that listen to the Backyard Podcast will. Uh, I got the watery eyes. I don't know if I know this. When I used to talk about this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. pre-spooky South Coast, I, my eyes would start to water whenever mm-hmm. I talked about like freaky stuff. Oh, yeah. And it hasn't happened for so long because we talk about this stuff all the time. It's right. become my life. But like just going back there and reliving this stuff brought back the watery eyes. That's why mm-hmm. I was like wiping away my eyes while you were talking. Um, but I used to have a recurring dream mm-hmm. and it's ridiculous. And I will, I will put that out at the outset, but I was like five years old, mm-hmm. but I would have this recurring dream where in my room and I had my own room, I believe in this house that we lived in when, uh, when I was young, I was living in this house. I was the only child at first. And then my sister Jamie came along while we lived there. And then I believe my sister Patty came along while we lived there too. So, and they were like a year apart. So I don't know at what point this was, but I had my own room, and I used to hate to sleep in my room. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I had bunk beds, but in my dream I did. Okay. And so I would wake up in this dream, and I would be laying in my bed, and there was, for some reason in the dream, not in real life, 
there was an old wooden ramp Mm -hmm. that went out of my room, out the door, into the hallway. And next to this ramp was a sarcophagus, Mm. an Egyptian sarcophagus. Sarcophagus. An Egyptian sarcophagus next to this ramp Mm -hmm. in my room. And in the dream, I knew that if I stepped on that wooden ramp and one of the boards creaked, Mm -hmm. that sarcophagus would open up. Okay. And the mummy would come out and get me. Don't ask me why I would even be five years old and be thinking about this, but I was. Mm. And so my my fear was that if I, in my dream, is if I made that happen, I wouldn't be able to run away from whatever was there. Mm-hmm. It would get me. And so the dream would happen again and again and again. And one time in the dream, I actually stepped on the board that creaked mm-hmm. and the sarcophagus opened and the mummy was in there and came out and attacked me. And I started pulling away the the bandages, and, and underneath all the bandages, it was it was Bo Duke, really, who was like my idol at the time, mm-hmm. being five years old, but it still scared the hell out of me. And so that's why my parents would, you know, let me sleep mm-hmm. in the bed because I kept having this dream. But then they would put me into the room uh, with then, a wooden ramp. <laughs> then the, the ramp wasn't really in the room. Um, and I used to love to be in that room during the day. I remember having like, a little kid's record player and all that kind of stuff. At least I think I re- liked being in there. But um, we moved to another house uh, when my mom became pregnant because we needed mm-hmm. more room. And so we moved to Brockton. And then in that house, I had my own room for mm-hmm. sure. And it was this big, big room. And in my mind, I was far away from everybody else. But I think my sisters actually had a room next to me. Mm-hmm. And um, and then my parents had a room like just across the living room from where I was. But in, just in my mind, it was this big, huge room with my little bed in the middle of it. It had two doors, one that went to the living room, one that went to the kitchen, and then some windows that looked over the side yard. And I would not sleep in my own bed in that house. Mm-hmm. I was terrified of being in that room by myself. Interesting. It's just, and, I, and we're out of time pretty much, so I don't want to yeah. get too much into the stories. You can hear some of these in the in the Backyard Podcast. I uploaded it to my Google Drive, so I can just share the link uh, in the chat room for people that want to hear it, but real quickly, um, we will we will, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do another one of these. I think that if I start to get too into some of these stories, we'll run out of time. I, so. say, I, can, I can share some crazy ones, too, but... Well, you're gonna, you have to save your... Because I've told mine already. To the audience, you have to save yours for when we start drinking, and we do the the backyard podcast. I'll to. That's going to be the I'll reason why people. This. That'll be the reason why people tune in because like we already heard Moniz and Matt and Tim <laughs> tell their stories. Like we need to hear Stephanie's stories. So uh, we will certainly uh, get into all of that coming up. But we'll be back next week with another show. Uh, actually, next Saturday, if you're around, and if you are uh, somebody who is into the. You know, if you're a fan of Donald Trump and you're a fan of, uh, you know, the conservative movement and all that stuff, next Saturday afternoon, Howie Carr is coming to the Century House in Akushnet, mm-hmm. and he's bringing with him Ann Coulter for their Deplorable Show, which mm-hmm. WBSM is sponsoring. So you can come on out to the Deplorable Show and uh, and check that out. You can get your tickets. Uh, just go to WBSM.com, and you can get your tickets to that. And Jeff Deal will be there as well. He's the Republican that's challenging Elizabeth Warren in the U.S. Senate race. And so you can come out and meet Howie and Jeff and Ann Coulter at the Century House in Akushnet. So I'll be at that event during the day, mm-hmm. you know, doing some work for the station, and then uh, we'll have a show 
spooky South Coast afterwards. Maybe we can get uh, some ghost stories out of Ann Coulter. I'm sure she has we a could few do that. to share. We might have a special guest next week. Okay. And then uh, also we have um, – I want everybody to know that uh, we've been talking about Puckwudgie Ale. Mm. We had it last year during the Bridgewater Triangle show. Uh, Matt and I went and did some filming at the airport grill in New Bedford. They have Puckwudgie Ale on tap. Oh. So if you've been trying to dying to try it, you can go to the airport grill. It's literally in the New Bedford airport. Mm-hmm. You can uh, you can go there. They have great food, fantastic food. That potato alone is a meal unto itself. The Hasselbeck potato. It looked oh, delicious. Oh, my gosh. And uh, so you can get that and a beer, and you will be all set for the day. So if you want to check that out, get there because they are when that switches when that runs out, they're going to switch that to another one, and then they'll switch back to the puck wedgie. They'll go back and forth with some different down the road brewery beers, but certainly uh, you can try the puck wedgie ale if you get down there relatively soon. So just a couple of little plugs I wanted to throw out there for some stuff coming up. And uh, again, we have some events coming up. If you go to spookysouthcoast.com, you can find out all about those. And uh, of course, uh, we will be at the Plymouth Paracon coming up in a couple of weeks. Get your tickets to that as well by going to PlymouthParacon.com. We hope to see a lot of you out there because, again, it's a, it's America's hometown, but it's also my hometown. It's uh, I, I lived there for a number of years. Did not have any ghostly experiences in that house. Well, that's good because so, your other ones really made up for it. <laughs> but uh, certainly there's uh, no shortage of ghost stories coming from Plymouth. Correct. So we'll share all of those with you at the Plymouth Paracon, so check that out. Uh, again, we'll be back next Saturday night, but if you want to check out the archives, just go to SpookySouthCoast.com, go to YouTube, go to wherever you get podcasts, and you can find all of our past episodes. And if you want to catch us on the replay, we rebroadcast on midnight on the uh, Dark Matter Digital Network throughout the week as well. You can hear us there. Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com is the way to reach us, at SpookySC on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram. You can... Follow us individually on Twitter and Facebook and all that. Until next week, we want you all to stay spooktacular.